Today in Science from Wired. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off. U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. The Terrifying Science Behind California's Massive Campfire by Matt Simon At 6.30 Thursday morning, a wildfire of astounding proportions and speed broke out in Northern California. Dubbed the Campfire, it covered 11 miles in its first 11 hours of life. A mile an hour might not seem fast in human terms, but it's an extreme rate of speed as far as fires are concerned. At one point, it was burning 80 acres a minute. When it hit the town of Paradise, home to 27,000 people, those buildings became yet more fuel to power the blaze. The death toll so far stands at five, with at least 2,000 structures destroyed. The fire is just 5% contained, with an estimated full containment date of November 30. It appears that the town was either wiped out or severely damaged, says Stephen Pine, a wildfire expert at Arizona State University. We're seeing urban conflagrations, and that's the real phase change in recent years. It used to be that fires destroyed exurbs or scattered enclaves, But what's remarkable is the way they're plowing over cities, Pine says, which we thought was something that had been banished a century ago. The Campfire Horror Show, which burned 70,000 acres in 24 hours, is a confluence of factors. The first is wind, lots of it, blasting in from the east. We have a weather event, in this case a downslope windstorm, where, as opposed to the normal westerly winds, we get easterly winds that are cascading off the crest of the Sierra Nevada, says Neil Leroux, an atmospheric scientist at the University of Nevada, Reno. A windstorm barreling from the east just set the stage for this week's burning disaster. It's a normal phenomenon that comes from the jet stream, which this time of year grows stronger. North and south meanders in the jet stream, known as troughs and ridges, get amplified. These cold air masses travel through the Great Basin in Nevada and spill over the Sierra Nevada mountains in eastern California. Big meanders set up very high-pressure areas that accelerate winds. Then they get local accelerations on top of that as they flow down the mountain ranges, kind of like water over a dam, Leroux says. Some areas in California are particularly prone to downsloping winds. Unfortunately, right where the campfire is is one of those places. I always like to say nothing good comes from an east wind in California, LaRoe says. As the air descends at an accelerating pace, it warms up and drives the relative humidity down. Which brings up our second factor in the horror show. Fuel. Lots of it. 
It may be November, but California is still extremely dry, which means plenty of vegetation that's primed to go up in flames. The east winds further dehydrate the vegetation. This is where something called the evaporative demand drought index comes in. You can think about it as how thirsty the atmosphere is, LaRoe says. How strongly does the atmosphere want to pull water out of the vegetation and out of the ground? Very strongly, in the case of the campfire and those downslope winds. So it isn't just a matter of things being generally dry for the season in Northern California. Ground and vegetation moisture fluctuates day by day, too. Scientists can calculate this in part by going out and cutting vegetation, weighing it, drying it out, and weighing it again. This tells us those fuels have been drying out really, really rapidly over the past few days and into this event, LaRoe says. Just take a look at the eerily prescient tweet from meteorologist Rob Elvinson the day before the campfire broke out. So, you've got hot, dry gusts of 40 to 50 miles per hour from the northeast pushing the fire, and the fire is itself creating wind, further accelerating the conflagration. As it moves along, embers fly out of the front of the fire. As the fuels get drier, a smaller and smaller spark can leapfrog the fire through the landscape, LaRoe says. That's just another way this thing comes up and bites you. It's hot, dry, and windy are your ingredients, he adds. We checked off all three here. That's probably why the city of Paradise appears to have suffered such astonishing losses. Urban areas aren't supposed to burn. At least they haven't been supposed to since San Francisco in 1906. They've been designed and built with better materials. Red, a whole city isn't made of wood alone anymore and more defensible spaces. But with a conflagration like the campfire, it can overwhelm an urban area by setting off hundreds or thousands of tiny fires, perhaps miles ahead of the main fire itself. There's no single line to put up a fight, so firefighters are overwhelmed. It looks like it's another case where you've got billions and billions of embers riding with the wind, Pine says. It only takes one ember to take out a house or a hospital, If there's any point of vulnerability, all those embers will find it. As the campfire raged Thursday, the hill fire broke out in Southern California near Thousand Oaks, burning 10,000 acres so far. And yet another, the Woolsey Fire, has forced the evacuation of Malibu. Across the state, over 150,000 people have been evacuated due to the fires. It was no coincidence that these fires landed all at once. Literally the same air mass is what's causing the beginnings of a strong Santa Ana event ongoing now, as this air mass sags south through California, LaRoe says. North or south, the state is extremely dry already. But these warm winds ripping through the Sierras are only making matters worse, siphoning what little moisture California's vegetation has left. While the winds will likely die down a bit over the next few days, they're due to pick back up again Sunday, which could bring still more fires. This is what a climate change reckoning looks like. All of it is embedded in the background trend of things getting warmer, LaRoe says. The atmosphere as it gets warmer is thirstier. Like a giant atmospheric mosquito, climate change is sucking California dry. The consequence is fires of unprecedented, almost unimaginable scale. Just over a year ago, the Tubbs fire raged through the city of Santa Rosa, 60 miles north of San Francisco becoming the most destructive wildfire in state history. California cities are no longer safe from fire, and with climate change, things are only bound to get worse from here. 
Mass shootings and mass burnings, Pine says. Welcome to the new America. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.